Do you wish that you could create an effective but simple marketing plan? If so, then stick around because my guest is sharing all about it. Welcome back to Marketing Strategy Academy podcast, where we help female entrepreneurs go from marketing overwhelm to an easy streamlined strategy and system that includes Pinterest and repurposing content to grow their businesses when they have very little time. I'm your host, Jen Vasquez. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back. If you're new here, I'm Jen Vasquez, a Pinterest manager and marketing strategist who brings in marketing experts to help you take action and grow your business. Today, I am very excited to be chatting with Sarah Noel Block. Sarah is an inbound marketing expert who focuses on education-based approach to small and medium businesses and solopreneurs. Her approach to marketing systems makes it easy for tiny teams to have a very big impact. She works with businesses in two ways, marketing education and products for small businesses and strategy and execution content marketing and inbound funnels for small to medium-sized businesses. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad that you are able to come on because I know that these are going to be, this topic is incredibly asked for. Like <laughs> it is, it is something everyone wants to know how to do it all with very little time. So, yeah, I get that. I get that completely. <laughs> it's insane. So I'm going to start where I always start. And I would love to find out all the jobs that came before your current business, because I love to see, and so do my listeners and watchers on YouTube, they love to see that sort of progression and it's almost always a windy road. So can you share yours? Yeah, it is a little, a little bit windy. So I was actually always in marketing. I started off in marketing, which is probably a little less windy than others. <laughs> but during the recession, I got laid off with like a bunch of other people and I went into higher ed. I had my master's in writing. So I started teaching in higher ed. And when the job market picked back up, I went back into marketing, but that really gave me a different approach to marketing and started, it made me realize that the most important thing when it comes to marketing is educating your customer and like, being that trusted person for them, helping them solve their problem. And then everything else is just easy because you've taught them. They know that you know what you're talking about. You've earned trust by helping them and sales just become so much easier. I would totally agree with that. I think that's cool. H how did you decide to start your own business? Um, well, I started freelancing way back, like during that time when I had lost my job because I felt super uncomfortable with one source of income especially after that experience, yes. I wanted diversified income. So even though I had a full-time job the entire time, I always freelanced and um, started off with like web design and marketing consulting and freelance writing, just all of the marketing things that you could do on the side. Mm -hmm. And so that started around like 2010. I did that all the way up until I started my business full-time in 2020 when my kids were in virtual school because the 
the schools were shut down. Yeah, it's I was like, like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I like I was working full time corporate marketing in a company that was open. <laughs> but what could I do when my kids were home and I had enough clients to make up for my salary? So it was a no brainer. Like this is the universe saying, start it now. Well, when you're in a clutch position where you don't have time and you're stressed because you feel like you're not doing, like you're not doing it all, you're trying to do it all, but you're not doing it all. It is, it is a little bit of a relief. That sounds very familiar to say, okay, this is it. This is, I am going to make this work because it's going to period. It feels Um, like really scary making that decision. It is so scary. And yet. (laughs) Do you look back and think, oh my gosh, I could have done it sooner? <laughs> I, I just done it so much earlier. <laughs> I was just I mean, too scared. <laughs> yes, I was too scared. I had enough clients to make up my salary far before I left my job. It would have been easy to do it, but until the universe smacked me in the face and said, your kids are in virtual school. It wasn't enough for me to leave yet. I totally get that. Um, Okay. I want to dive right in because I know everyone's like, oh, that's great, but get to the meat of the story. (laughs) What should people include in their marketing plan? This is a big question. A lot of people are going to be excited to hear about this. Yes. So I specifically work with really small teams. And those those are my people. That's why my business is called Tiny Marketing. And I was a one-person marketing department for a long time. So the first thing I do is start with the customer and use the customer journey as the base for that marketing plan. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, the customer will tell you exactly what you should be doing at every step of your marketing plan. And it makes it much easier when you're using them as the guidance. So look at those top 20% of your customers. Who is it that is bringing you the most money, the most profit? Who do you like working with? And follow their journey. How are they finding you in the awareness stage? What information do they need during consideration to put you on that short list when they're looking to purchase? And then what is it that they need when they're making that final decision? Are they the influencer in the decision or are they the actual buyer in the decision? All of those things affect your marketing plan. So that's where I start. That's like bare bones. <laughs> yeah. And and I think it is, first of all, it's incredibly smart because they're the ones who are purchasing. So it's like, yeah. of course you want to know. And I feel like so many small businesses, and I think it's because I come from marketing in corporate America also, um, that I think so many people don't consider like when someone connects with you for the very first time, that's the time when you're going to be able to, within a conversation, ask these types of questions. Because almost everyone tells me Instagram is where they found me. But if I ask a more detailed question like, great, okay, did you find me from a hashtag? Because of course, we'd love to know that. Um, Or were you referred to me? Because I'd love to thank that person. And then people like literally 76 to 82% of the time will pause and say, oh, actually I found you on Pinterest. So like <laughs> I, I'm a Pinterest marketing expert. And so the, the journey for someone who's going to be working with someone off of Pinterest is always going to be going to their website or Instagram and then stalking them for a while. Like nobody's going to, yeah. you know, do a $5,000 <laughs> service. Um, 
off of just Pinterest or even yeah. off of just Instagram. They want to see what you have to say. They want to know, they want to prove to themselves that you have the knowledge before they're ever going to buy from you. And it's so great just to ask some clarifying questions that help them because Instagram is not where they found you a lot of the times. It's that's the place they decided to reach out to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes that makes sense because buyers are already 90% through the sales process before they ever, before you even know that they exist, that they're even considering you. And I mean, in their heads, they know you because they've been doing the research and <laughs> yes. you've already been solving their problems through your content. And um, then they reach out to you, but they already know you. Isn't that funny? Is that it's, it is crazy. And I've had so many clients work with me that never actually clicked that follow button. They were stalking me. They were looking at my content on an ongoing basis, but they haven't actually followed me yet, which blows my mind, but everyone is different. So yeah. I think that's so brilliant to start with the end customer, right? The, the person that is going to be actually purchasing for you and finding out how they got to you to really influence that marketing plan. So, so smart. Um, how would somebody take their marketing plan and then make it actionable? Because I personally know myself, I've made some amazing marketing plans, but when push comes to shove and time is limited, I'm not doing all the things. Yeah, you are not alone. <laughs> so many people have their marketing plans sitting on their drive and then don't look at them again. So you need to create that system right when it's fresh in your mind. You have this marketing plan, now what? Now you need to make you need to put it in your project management system. You need to templatize. You need to create a system so you're actually doing it. So the first thing I do is what are the items I need to do once a quarter? Put that in my calendar. What are the things I need to do? Break it down once a month, once a week, daily. Put that all in your project management system and your calendar so you know what you're doing and create templates around it. I use teamwork, for example, and I can create these reoccurring tasks that I need to do regularly with everybody who's assigned to them automatically being alerted when it's time to get started. You could put the due dates in there, all of the resources you needed right in there and set that up right when you do your marketing plan and it's all kind of running for you in the background and creating a batching system around it is really key. <laughs> That is amazing. What's the name of that set? Because I know everyone is going to be scrolling down in the notes of this podcast or YouTube channel and try to see the link of what that is. Okay. Teamwork is awesome because it has a Slack channel in there. That's <gasps> like teamwork specific. Because I love Slack. Yes. I've and tried everything. Monday, Trello, like you name it and I've tried it and they just don't work for me mentally. Me too. I am a chronic beta tester, so I completely understand where you're coming from. Teamwork is the only one I've stuck with. It's the only one I've loved. Great, great. Okay. So how would someone then systemize the marketing activities? I'm assuming it's with teamwork, but does you need to put it on your calendar too. I find that my business is run by my calendar. In the morning, the first thing, or in the evening before I go to sleep, I look at my next day's to-dos. And if something isn't on my calendar, it's really not getting done. 
maybe if I start using teamwork, great, that'll help. But um, (laughs) how do you create a batching sort of system around your marketing activities? So because we're working with a lot of like one person marketing departments or solo entrepreneurs who don't have anything, I set aside a weekly marketing day. This is my on the business day. And that's when I batch all of my marketing that's going to be going out. And it's easy. You just group like with like all of your video content. Just do it all at once. It'll be so much faster if you've created some sort of core content, which is what I always tell people to do, like just create one big thing and then create new thing, little content babies from it (laughs) to feed your channels. That is, that is so good. That's exactly the advice I give to my clients. And of course we all use different verbiage, right? But I always say, create that one core piece of content each week, whether it's a blog or a video, whatever, or even a podcast, whatever it is. And then, like you said, create five different social media posts with regards to that content each week. Yeah. Pushing back to that core content and people worry that they'll be repetitive or boring, but one that what you're thinking of is probably called it's recycling and not repurposing. Repurposing is creating not new content from that core piece of content. And two, you're not. No one is going to see everything known for a thing, (laughs) a thing. So you are supposed to be talking about the same thing all the time, just in different ways, different angles. So it works, but that's like with like, and do it all at one time. And then make sure to schedule it out at that time. So it's off your brain. You can clear that cachet that is your brain. Yes. And have it scheduled out. That is amazing. I always feel like I'm so much better if I'm doing certain things that are together. Like you said, if I'm having to be creative and come up with things creatively, I do all of that work at a certain time. And then either in the afternoon or on a different day is when I do all the editing and all of the other things so that I, cause you're flipping the sides yeah. of your brain and it makes it, it makes me more effective. <laughs> that makes sense. And that's a really good point that batching can look differently depending on who you are. You have to do what works best for you. So some people might like batching all of their video content at once. And some people like what you were saying, like doing all the creative work at once and then doing the editing and scheduling on a different day when they've switched to right brain. Yeah. Or even in the afternoon. So you have lunch and then go ahead and schedule it. So like you said, it's off your brain. Cause I like that uh, concept a lot. We carry around as entrepreneurs, especially solo entrepreneurs, we carry around all these to do's constantly in our head. And yeah. that makes us less productive when we're working on stuff. It, yes. And it just weighs on you throughout the day when it's just like a five minute task that could have just been wiped away. <laughs> I know sometimes if I can't sleep, it's because of those little tiny things and I'll get up and do them. And then I'll sleep like a baby after. So. It's so funny, isn't it? Why are we procrastinating on things that are weighing us down? It's, and, and no it's time? the tiny little things that we procrastinate <laughs> about. It's kind of silly when you think about it. I feel like Absolutely. we throw up these roadblocks um, in our way so that we can like surmount them and then be, be happy about it. And instead of just doing it, like you're saying, batching it and getting it all done. So you're done for the week like that. That sounds really good. Um, think about the weight. Yeah. Lift it off you. Exactly. What if you have a small team? 
And all of the advice out there is do this, do that, do this. And in the scheme of things with client work, as well as marketing, right? Mm -hmm. How do you kind of do it all? Like any yeah. suggestions or, or tips in that area? So there's a couple ways to do it. If you don't have the resources to outsource any of it, then do what we just talked about. Set aside a batching day where it's an on the business day. And you could even do this once a quarter. I have a podcast episode on my, my podcast, The Tiny Marketing Show, where I talk about how you can just create one core piece of content once a quarter, repurpose it, and schedule it all out so it's out of your brain. And that is a great way to go about it when you're a solo entrepreneur. If you have a small team, then you can make it a little bit easier and using like a project management tool and making sure that all of the people are pre-assigned the tasks that they need to do. So it's working for you. You do it once and then it automates from then on. And if you have the room to outsource, adding fractional help for all of these little pieces, it's not that expensive and it'll take so much weight off of your mind. It's yes. all about, yeah, um, the Eisenhower matrix, looking at those things that are not important to you and that you don't like to do and delegate it out. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like too, it's, it's worth the investment mentally. Like, mm. like, even if you're, you're not quite sure, as long as you have, you know, even a small budget, just having someone who's an expert in that area, do the work for you, they're going to get more work done and the time allotted that you're paying for than you could ever do yourself by far and better quality. Cause that's because it's what by an expert who does it day in day <laughs> yeah. out all the time. I totally agree with you. Um, okay. So we hear often that we need to be on every single platform because we never know when our ideal client is going to be there. And some of the overwhelm I find with the clients that I work with is that they assume that number one, or they assume number two, that they have to make completely different, like a full workflow for every single platform. So talk to us a little bit about that. I'm going to give you two options for this. <laughs> so one, I really believe like in core content, choosing one thing to be really good at and repurposing it. Same thing goes for social media, choose one platform to invest in, and then you can repurpose it for the other platforms. If you choose to. <laughs> yes. Yes. The only <laughs> danger is of course you want to put that the text overlay. So it, as an example, if you're doing an idea pin, a reel, a TikTok, a short form video on YouTube or any of those types of things, make sure you're using that, that um, the text overlay on that first slide or the first page or right at the top of the video, because I know a lot of people are really good at that repurposing, but they don't actually put the search terms in there. And that's where you get more of the views. Yeah, I am just starting to learn that because I've just started playing with TikTok more and it really is a search algorithm it's like google where not only is it your caption that matters but it's the text that you put in there it's adding in the captions and and that's the it's same like for trending like content reels, idea pins for youtube all of it it's it's kind of 
it's it does take a little extra time because you do want to repurpose on all the platforms within the platform, right? Just sharing is not necessarily with one exception. I share my reels automatically to Facebook because it's not my primary platform, but I mm -hmm. do have people that follow me on there. But for every other platform, I want to go in and put that content in there. And I've found so much success for my clients, but also for myself in getting found just by those search terms. It's insane. So would you say like having a no, your notes app and putting your captions in there so you can copy and paste it in each of uh, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Um, one thing that I always say is, you know, different videos are good for different platforms, right? So voice voiceovers for reels and TikToks are great, but they're not so great on Pinterest and they're not really that great on like YouTube either. But if you have an educational type of short form video, that is good literally for all the platforms. For Instagram, I might say something like, um, uh, see me do Pinterest marketing, right? That could be the, the thing. And then on, on the idea pin, it'll say, um, here's my workflow for Pinterest, right? Like mm. every platform has a slightly different take where Instagram's more like show, showing off, not showing off, but like showing what you like do. Like a tutorial. Yes, yes. And then Pinterest is very much on the education side and, and TikTok, I believe is also more yeah. like that education. Like edu edutainment, I would yeah. say. I cannot say that word, but I love it because it literally <laughs> merges both of them together. You oh need God. to be entertained, but also educate me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, for my short form videos, I actually use big view, which is a teleprompter on my cell phone. So I could be reading, right. And oh, I'm, that's smart. Otherwise I go way, lo way longer. <laughs> so I can keep it shorter by having the words that I wanted to say. And I record that just as a video. And then I upload that video into each platform, putting in the, the text that I've copied from my notes app. That's exactly mm. what I do. Love that hack. <laughs> it's real good. Um, if someone has very little time, I'm thinking solopreneurs, they don't have a budget yet to hire help. Can they create a marketing plan that's effective with very little time. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I gotta love your attitude. <laughs> Seriously, go bare bones. And what you want to do is start with start with those discovery calls and finding out as much information as you can about their customer journey and send out annual surveys so you can start gathering retroactively that information. But you can also do a little bit of copy stalking where you use like Amazon book reviews, those three star reviews where they're saying like what's missing from the book. Those are things that you can pull in. Um, and go Brilliant. To Wait, for those in the back, say that one more time. <laughs> go to the three star reviews on Amazon books because people are talking about what is missing. And that is something that you could pull into your core offer or uh, core messaging. I love that so much. I want to cry. That is, that <laughs> is brilliant. Um, I have one other, I have a client that I worked with who said that to me um, for building your website, because those three-star reviews will be the, the, the content that's missing, right? So like just yes. taking that content, reversing it and saying, do you feel like blah, 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 blah.
Mm -hmm. um, exactly. That's really, really. I never even thought about it for marketing. That is brilliant. So, it's so good. A very simple way because your customers are talking online, whether they're your customers yet or not. And all you have to do is listen. And <laughs> they're talking about what they need in reviews, in forums, Facebook groups. All you got to do it. is listen. All the things that you need for your marketing are there. And just Ugh. do the most streamlined approach you can. That is so good. I I did that in 2021. I did that in 2020 to find out how people found me because I believed that we were not asking enough questions starting with myself. And that's when I found about 80 to 85% of the people said Instagram. That's where I found that so like 60% of those 80% actually came from Pinterest or my website. So um, having an annual is a annual kind of review is a great, great way to discover that. And that's what I accidentally did in 2020 that helped <laughs> me to kind of reframe how I'm asking questions to, to clients that are reaching out. Yeah, that's really smart. And that would be kind of hard to figure out if you didn't ask that question, like, okay, maybe you got to know me through Instagram, but where did you find me originally? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I feel like too, like, even if they did find you on Instagram, you want to know how were you referred where, you know, what did you use a certain hashtag? Like all of that comfort, uh, all of that information is so valuable to deciding how you're going to market moving forward in your business. Mm -hmm. And it really is just that secondary question. Like I always say you, almost everyone has um, an info sheet that when, when you, they want to reach out and talk to you that says, how did you found me? Like everyone knows, how did you find me is a question that you have on that sort of consultation call. And I use the consultation call to ask more of these detailed questions. Like the beginning of a consultation call is to find out how they found me, why they reached out to me instead of others in my industry. Like those mm. types of questions are really great in the beginning because it reconfirms for them why they reached out and then your booking rate will soar. <laughs> yeah, that is really smart. When I'm doing a messaging or a content strategy for a client, that's a question that I always ask their customers is, well, why did you choose them over their competitors? What made them different? Because we don't think that far into it. And when someone tells us, I found that you were more friendly or more open, or you helped people with these questions that I had, like, then I need to do more of that, like double yeah. down on that stuff. <laughs> it's so easy. Everything you need is right there. <laughs> crazy but we don't have think to ask that we're questions. so excited that they are reaching out or a lead for us that we don't we don't actually do what's best for our business first we just want to book them and i feel like even if you don't book them at least you'll get some information out of them that will yeah. help you oh and along the same vein yes. every sales call you have record it and record the transcript of it because yes. they are telling you exactly what their problems are and what it is that they need solved. And that's, that's content. That's I, content I, that you I need do, to know. I do that all the time, but I, I confess that I haven't really looked back at it. I hate watching myself on video. So I, but the transcript, I always do otter.ai to do my transcript. I love transcript. that one. 
And it's, I haven't read them. So guess what? That's going to be on my to-do list this month. (laughs) And Otter. So I used Otter when I was white labeling for an agency because I use Google Meet. So they do automatic transcripts for you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, they do. It's really nice. But Otter is cool because what you can do is you could do a search within like all of your conversations that you've had. Search for like, problems or a key word that you tend to use when you're talking around like what is their problem that you need to solve and you can pull up everything that they've been saying that is <laughs> it pulls so every good. conversation that is so good okay <laughs> what three things have helped you to grow your business and it could be tools advice really anything but what are the top three things that you think have helped you grow your business So the first thing that I did when I started my business, I was still full-time working for the man. So I needed a VA. I hired a VA immediately to do all the things that I couldn't do between nine to five, which wasn't a ton, but it was enough that I needed her immediately. Two, I started subcontracting pretty early. So Anything that wasn't my zone of genius, boop, boop, I hired a team and they did it for me and it was well worth it, even way back then. Three, I borrowed other people's audiences immediately. I built my entire brand by guest blogging on bigger publications that had the same audience as me, guest podcasting, doing partnership webinars things like that. And that really enabled me to grow my audience faster. Basically, it felt like a life hack. Before we get to the gift that Sarah is sharing with our audience, tell everyone about the services you provide in case anyone here has been listening and thinking, I want to work with her. So you can find me everywhere at Sarah Noel Block. That's S-A-R-A-H-N-O-E-L-B-L-O-C-K. That's my website and my handles on all of the social meds. My podcast is The Tiny Marketing Show, and you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. That show is made just for those tiny marketing departments or solo entrepreneurs that need to understand how to really create and manage their marketing when they don't have the resources or the team to do it like the big guys, but you get big guy results. Now, if you want to work with me, I work with people in a couple different ways. I have digital products to help you create your own marketing. So courses, downloadable DIY bundles, And then I have done for you services where I create and manage all of your content creation from video, podcasts, blogs, to the distribution aspects like email and social media. Thank you so much for your valuable advice and your time today. If you found some ideas and tips that you can implement in your business, we would love for you to leave a review, um, either comment on our Facebook group or leave a review on our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Now go out there and do something good for your business, like downloading Sarah's information. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the show to be automatically notified for each episode. 
Visit the notes for the links mentioned in this episode and to connect with me. And as always, please take one tip from this episode and implement it in your business. Bye.